0: For some bitching. (laughs) Uh, This is a two-parter in a sense of, we're going to talk about our boy. She's a very freaky girl. The come, you don't bring off to mother. The Rick James documentary. But first, I got some bitching to do. So here we go. Um, Look, folks, you've heard this before. First of all, welcome to all the new podcast listeners. Uh, Welcome to the old podcast listeners. If you're new, then I'm going to tell you this once. Listen to this episode, but then take your ass back to episode one and go in order. It matters contextually. It matters comedically. Read the fucking book the right way and don't cheat yourself. All right, back to the bitching. Um, <clears throat> So I get to town. We're here in uh, Hartford, Connecticut. I get to town Friday. I was on a red eye Thursday night. I don't sleep well on planes. I might doze off for maybe... 20 minutes at best. Um, so I didn't get any sleep. The flight took off at 1155. I got into, with a connection through Chicago, I got into um, Hartford at 1030 in the morning. So I'm, I'm fucking tired. Um, so I lay down. My phone is blaring. Uh, it's a call from my alarm company. Uh, I missed the call uh, because I just didn't answer because I was so fucking sleepy. But then I I checked my it sent me a text alert, said your alarm went off. Uh, Was this a false alarm or do we need to dispatch the police? So I look on my app, my my security app and big, bold warning. Yo, your your game room window has been opened. Um, So I'm fucking panicking like, holy shit. Somebody's breaking in my house and I'm out of town. I'm not scheduled to get back home till Monday. But if somebody is truly broken my house, I'm like, fuck the show. I'm gonna jump back on a flight and go home and see what the fuck is up. I don't want to be out of my home for three days knowing my shit may have potentially been broken into. My PS5s have been stolen. My TVs. And that's really the only thing of any value to me in the crib. But uh, I'm concerned. So... I called the co- the company back, Vivid. And guess who gets to talk to me? Consuela. How do you do it, sir? Because the alarm would, how do you say, because the problem, the problem is, see, 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 see. And again, to the people that are going to watch this and to the people that listen to this podcast, you've heard me complain about it, specifically on the episode with Neri. Where, again, I love my Spanish people, I love our Spanish fans, but I have a problem with people who don't speak English understandably, fluidly, having jobs where you have to interact with the public. And I know as I continue to tell this story, words like racist, bigoted, I'm fucked up, is going to come up in the minds of people. But again, this, let me get to the story. So long story short, I'm out of town. Now, if, I, if this was Sunday and I'm scheduled to be back home Monday, and incidentally, my alarm went off again today. So I think that ultimately there's a glitch in the system because I had two people, my best friend Ish and one of my baby mothers, go by my house and look around and see if anything looked out of line and, and everything looked intact. In order for you to get through the window, first you got to remove the screen. The screen looked completely intact. The window looked like it hadn't been jarred open. For So I think ultimately there's a glitch in my alarm system that's causing the alarm to go off, go off. Because there's no way that would happen twice, same window, broad daylight. Who the fuck is dumb enough to try to break in during broad daylight? I know those things happen, but come on, man. So if it was Sunday, I could take a deep breath and go, well, jump on a plane, I'll be home tomorrow, but it's Friday. So I'm going, I got to perform and for the next 3 days, I got to be in a mental panic trying to keep myself together to do these shows but also wondering if somebody broke in my shit. In a time of crisis, what you need on the other end of the phone is someone to calm you, to keep you at ease. Sir, no need to worry. It'll be handled. If you have any questions, let's talk through it. That's you need. Even if it is a false sense of security, you need that. But when I'm talking with, so the problem you say, because the problem is here. I don't know. How'd you say, oh my God, this is not helping me. And then towards the end of the call, she ultimately goes, do you want me to call the policia? The policia. Bitch, I need you to say police. Not policia. That don't that ain't making me feel good. So as I'm pacing with this, I finally sit down and a commercial comes on TV for the new Cinderella movie on Amazon Prime. Cinderella is being portrayed by a Hispanic woman. Not that there's anything wrong with that. And the fairy godmother. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The key word in this is mother. Mother. When you think of a mother, what do you think of? A woman. But the very God mother is being played by Billy Porter, a, a flamboyant to the 10th power black gay man. And not that there's anything wrong with being gay, but I'm just on the, f- I'm, I'm, I'm on the phone with policia and no prole. And Cinderella is Hispanic. And the godmother is a black gay man. And that's when it hit me. I went, this is America now. This is America. And for the first time in my life, I have never felt more like a 65-year-old white man. I went, what is happening to my
1: country? Well, let me just say this. That was always America. They just weren't allowed to be on TV they weren't allowed to be fairy godmothers. Godmother.
0: <laughs> no, there was a time when when you would call on the phone for help, you would speak to someone who sounded like you, even if they weren't you. And everybody should have television representation, but I'm just saying we have gotten so see try. <laughs> Floor Creek conversation. I don't want to get too deep into this because, again, this is the part where you have to so choose your words surgically and like a tactician in terms of what I'm trying to convey versus what I'm articulating. Let's convey, articulate. Same shit, but it's okay if Cinderella is black, Asian, Indian, Guatemalan, Middle Eastern, that's I don't have a problem with that even a fairy godmother whatever the person on the phone okay god Andy help me here I'm what am I it's okay to be those things everybody should have a stab at the godmother and Cinderella I'm just saying
1: what you're saying is it's challenging your comfortability Okay. Okay. Because...
0: Uh, and, 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 I, I grew up with Cinderella was a white chick. And, and if I say I deny a Hispanic chick from playing Cinderella, then I might as well say I deny a black chick. And no one should be not should be denied from portraying a fictitious character. This is just, to me, a lot. All at once. I'm on the phone with somebody who can't communicate with me Who's saying policia? And my house is being broken into. I'm seeing the, the 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 white bitch who I grew up with is now Santiago, and the fairy godmother.
1: Oh goodness! But there's people out there that are going to tell you that the America that you're talking about and the things that you have grown up in and become—that's yours. You 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 possess those now mentally. Mentally, th- those are your possessions. Yes. Uh, Those were whitewashed long before because not all those characters, as they were taken from other countries and backgrounds and histories, they had all been removed. Let's use Jesus, for example. Uh, You could be very comfortable with Jesus as a white dude if you are very comfortable with what your memories have told you from the washing of the world in whiteness. But that's not really what it is. And so all these stories don't always... 007, the character that it's based on, is actually a Hispanic male, but that isn't that wasn't going to sell. So, James Bond, yeah, you know that for sure, yeah,
0: because I I saw the, the documentaries about uh, yeah. uh, James Bond and they said that he was really Scottish and not British.
1: He's really okay in the way that they, I never heard Hispanic. Say, yep, he's the, the 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 guy that it's. Loosely based on one. It could be based on more than one guy, but he was actually, I think he's a Dominican. Okay. So we, we, we've done this. We made it like this and we're comfortable in that. Now I understand while you're trying to communicate with someone about something that's important to you, and then you see this other things, they all come together. But I do agree with you in the sense that if you are calling customer service,
0: any job where you deal with people where you and, and again as my point was with Neri, you wanna you wanna you wanna come to America and be a part of the, the society and be a citizen and still speak 100 percent Spanish and not a lick of English? Fine. But don't have a job where you have to talk to people, where you may have to comfort them with words, and you can't say words that are understandable why is this and I don't get let's not get deep because we got to jump on this Rick James thing but why is me being frustrated with that deemed racist or wrong well don't work in the fucking field
1: then but she got hired by someone higher an an authority figure that's who you're mad at is the authority figure she's just trying to get a job okay okay or a job (laughs) okay But it would be frustrating. I'm not going to disagree with that. Did you ask for someone who could possibly speak English? No, then? I get mad and just hang up the phone
0: <laughs> and call back and cross my fingers and hope.
1: I, I, if I don't understand someone for whatever, whatever dialect of English I'm listening to. If I had listened to some Cajun dude talk to me, I would ask, hey, do you got anybody who speaks Non-Cajun? non Cajun? Yeah, different kind of English. You
0: got somebody who speaks non crawfish <laughs> and, and sausage boil? You know, you can't understand. You you know, my my whole thing is this. To me, again, and I was thinking about maybe this is a bit on stage because I was going to do an IG post, but I was like, nah, because shit like this gets misconstrued. They they don't don't get get the the context. context and I'll be called or whatever. But on stage, the point that I'm hoping it shines through the most. And this is why I said it all came to me at once. It was like on the phone, on TV. Cinderella Spanish, the fairy godmother's a black gay man. And that's why I went, this is America now. In terms of, by this year, white people will be the minority. And now diversity in America is at an all-time high. And then cut to, I've never felt more like a white man going, what's happening to my country? That a black man is feeling like that because of everything that's happening at once. That, to me, is the humor. That, to me, is the it's more about it all hitting me at once than it is. I have a problem with exactly. the gay dude as the fairy godmother it's, it, and, and Cinderella Hispanic. It just—it's not about that so much as it is. God damn! But this I, change is here.
1: But I agree with you too. It's—it's it's about the speed in which it's taking place. And good, I'm glad it's taking place. But just because someone hasn't caught up to the speed in which it's happening, listen, old people run uh, just for facts. Old people, generally, will run slower than young people because their muscles are different, their energy is different. uh, they are dying. And what they don't talk about is your brain functions at a slower speed as you get older as well. Right. So for an older person in this country to see things happening so quickly, their brains don't all adjust that quickly. And then that's when they don't understand what's happening and you're getting mad at them. And their only their response to being gotten mad at is to buy a red hat. <laughs> right. It's you have to want to bring them along. The red
0: hat with the white lettering on the front.
1: Yeah, that one. It's right. made in China. Right. Wait, wait, wait. It's China. China. It's China. <laughs> but that's that's part of what is happening. And it was funny when you say you feel that. Okay. I, and I, and I get why you feel it but what do you think that old white dude that's 77 that's grown up with everything that you're just talking about right and everything got replaced on him seemingly seemingly overnight I like that word seemingly overnight. because it hasn't
0: been overnight it hasn't been but to him it's been overnight
1: because he's lived a long life and within a short time you know talk about you know i'm i'm I'm, 50, I'm going to be 56 September 21st if anybody wants to send me anything. 56. Dude, I, I We had uh, one black and white television in the living room when I was a little kid. One black and white TV. And from there, we had some black. Then we got a, a smaller color TV. And that ended up in my parents' room. And we had the black and white TV. Yeah, you got the shitty gifts. Yeah. And then, you know, I, I didn't see anything. Uh, and, and then I got a little older. I got a black. I got a black and white mini TV. I mean, for years. Then we went and and then all of a sudden we jumped into. Uh, it, it was more than just uh, DVD players, but CD players, DVD players. We've come a long way. Flat TVs. Yeah. You know, TVs in our pockets. You you watch movies from ten years ago. Right. It, it doesn't even seem like today. Right. So, to a seventy-seven year old man seemingly this has happened overnight. Right. So we can bring them along and understand that they're going to come along slower or die out. And we can get mad and force them to wear MAGA hats. I started looking on eBay for a MAGA hat.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The fuck, nigga? (laughs) Your very godmother. (laughs) Jesus. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. So uh, knock on wood, everything's all right. Uh, I think it really is just a glitch. You know, I'll get home. If everything is what it's supposed to be, I'll download the new NBA two K 22 and I'll be fine. A little joint, a little some blunt, something to drink and I'll be good.
1: Uh, and if it doesn't work out, you can always call the police. Yeah.
0: Yes. The police <laughs> here in America, uh, All right. Thank you for listening to me, bitch. Uh, I hope to the Hispanics out there, you understand where I'm coming from. You know I love you motherfuckers. Uh, Life wouldn't be the same without churros and taquitos. So I love y'all.
1: And and, and don't get mad at Aries if it makes you uncomfortable with what he just said. Just remember, you can speak two languages and Aries can only speak one. Yeah, see? Uh,
0: See? Uh, And to the fairy godmothers out there, I'm still with you, too. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Uh, yo, folks, you have to see this. Um, Showtime, the Rick James documentary. Uh, this was awesome, man. Dude. Uh, I could smell the coke from the TV, nigga.
1: Dude, I told you, uh, that I. Wanted to watch it again after I saw it.
0: And like, I saw it and again. And you I saw, saw it, it twice.
1: Again. It's 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 one of those that if it comes on when I'm sitting at home, right. it's it's gonna stay on. Right. I'm gonna watch it again. Um he's from Buffalo. Yeah. And we were just in Buffalo. Yeah.
0: I didn't know that Rick James came out of Buffalo, New York, nigga. Yeah. Um
1: there's so much that I didn't know about him. Uh you know, because I and, and you know, wrong it, because I was younger. Even though I did DJ and I played Rick James songs. Right. I just thought of him as a, as a, a funk artist. Right. Not, it couldn't be further from the truth of who he who the Rick James is. Right. I didn't know so much about him in
0: terms of his depth and and and, exactly. and uh, artist ability. I, I just thought he was a hired hand. I thought he was just a singer. I thought I didn't know a he was performer. Right. A performer. Yeah. I didn't know that he was that great of a writer. And that he I mean, I knew the Tina Marie connection, but I didn't know that he, you know, yeah, he could write and produce the, the, the fact that I forget what the girls the, the girls group name was. But he wrote the uh, they were talking about the one song he wrote. And he said, this would be perfect for girls. He knew he said. He knew how to write for women. Mary Jane Girls, The Mary Jane Girls. Um, so, yeah, I didn't know as a writer he was that
1: incredible. I didn't know the connection that I didn't know he was ever with Motown. Well, dude, I think and, you know, when he talks about the industry being kind of, you know, against him. Right. I think they dumbed down. You know, you, you hear about everybody's greatness. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason, he must have rubbed people so much the wrong way because I never heard about Rick James greatness. I know that he was he sold records. Right. I knew that I could put a record on and the floor would get flooded. But I just, I I never heard, like, his greatness. I never heard people telling stories about Rick James. Great. I heard about the drug use. I heard about the party. Right. And I think that just, I think that just overshadowed his greatness.
0: You know, it felt like in the 80s specifically, and then once you got near the 90s, things opened up for more black artists on a really huge pop level. But it felt like there was a, a, a minute in time, especially for television and awards, where it was Michael Jackson and Prince. And just like you said, Rick James was somewhere in that middle. And not as big as he probably should have been, but he definitely wasn't a peon to me. It's almost like. That span of time where the winners were constantly either the Lakers or the Celtics. Yeah. But in that middle was the Pistons. Rick James was the Pistons.
1: Yeah, but his his inability to get on MTV, that's what cost him, I think, from the being the legend status that he should have got. Yes,
0: and that is a major note that I want to discuss. But before we do that, I Thank just you. want to ask real quick. Can you be Rick James and not do drugs?
1: Yeah, I think there's people like... uh not not that this is a good comparison, but I think in the mental state, like Ted Nugent doesn't do drugs. Who the fuck is Ted Nugent? He's a rocker, man. He's a rocker, but he's like crazy and he's out there and he has these fucking shows. Is and, he the dude that's that he, towards his later years was real political and real political? Somewhat racist. Uh yeah. He lives in Detroit in a big, you know, but but as the rocker, as the rocker, I'm not talking about as this. But see, I've this, never this heard like of
0: it. him as the rocker. So I'm thinking that don't speak volumes to His ability, because motherfuckers with the ability, they cross over. I'm just
1: saying. I'm not even talking about ability uh, that you're talking about. He he's well known in the rock community. Uh, He's not liked by a lot of people because of a lot of stances that he's taken. But uh, I'm talking about just the crazy aspect of who he was. Right. Uh, Yeah, and he didn't. But was he that even in his the
0: the the apex of his never did drugs. Never. Of never. That's that's the story. Mm. maybe he should have maybe he'd have mellowed the fuck out <laughs> and understood that you know a party ain't a party to the niggas show up
1: well whatever his his deal was he just didn't do it so it, it can be done but I don't think sex drugs rock and roll right those things are all sweet things are always synonymous with being a rock and roller yeah I, and, I I'm, I'm agreeing and that's and to your point when you talk about Rick James he wanted to be rock and roll. That's who he started off as. Right. So it, it makes sense. But as, uh you know, and, and it's so funny because he became the character. But, you know, cocaine's a hell of a drug. It took him down that road. He right. didn't, he, it wasn't necessarily he was partying anymore. Cocaine took him down that. Right. And, and anytime you play with the drug too long, it's it's going to take you down there.
0: Um. <sighs> When he said that part about growing up, and he was thirteen or something, and he was sexually uh, with fucked with with the babysitter, yeah,
1: his mom's friend, uh,
0: and he was like, "I just went." Do you know that's every boy's fantasy, yeah, to be fucked by an older woman? And he was like, his mother came in, snatched about a wig, and started beating up. And he was like, you know, back then you there was no child services or yeah, I like that any you know people that
1: you went to for yeah. abuse. You just you know you dealt with it. Yeah. Um I li- I like that statement because that was, he recognized the situation that, that right. he was in.
0: And he said, Look, I ain't gonna lie, it felt good. Yeah. And I'm thinking that, you know, as a 13 year old boy or any teenage boy, when you start to get into your body and you start to get into that, uh, yeah, man, pussy's the fruit that you know you can't wait to
1: take a bite of. Uh where was that for me? Where's that for most of us? I mean, when I see these, I, I, I'm I, this is uh, this is Floor Creek, whether you believe it or not, because Uh-oh. people are going to get upset with it. But when you see the, and, and it's a different mentality though. When you see the female teacher, uh, have ha, you know have a, rela- yeah, have a relationship, yeah, have a relationship with with the student. No one really. People, I mean, people do get mad, but dudes don't necessarily get mad. Right. But if that. Male teacher, oh, he's was to touch you know 13 and 13. Let's just make them both 13, the boy and the girl. The the male teacher touched the 13 year old girl. Oh, he's going to hell with a gasoline outfit, yeah. So, uh, you know, that's the double standard, you know, uh, a boy and women mature, uh, mentally mature, definitely faster than boys. So, and I'm not saying I'm not advocating for this to happen, I'm just saying girls actually would probably. Be able to handle the idea of that mentally better than a boy,
0: Geronimo. Yeah, <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I'm just saying they would mentally be because it. it, it I, I don't. I, I'm, I'm basing this just on on just my own personal thought right. here, that women would be more adept at handling it. But neither one should have to handle it. Is what I'm saying. Right. And we look at it in such a cross-eyed look that it's okay. Not that it's okay for it to happen to a boy but it, it, but the, the the stigma of it happening to a boy is not the same as what happens to a girl. Right, well that's always you know when we play the game of double standards. Um
0: I want to go back to the point you was just about to make about the MTV thing. And folks, this this is this is why I go Again, I know we talk a lot about race. But if this doesn't prove our point, my point when I go, this is why I, 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 when I get into arguments with white people and I go, you guys are sometimes naive, insensitive, dismissive, and arrogance about race. As much as y'all, some of y'all might hate how much black people pull the race card and talk about race. We imagine how much we hate having to go through it. And this is how deep this shit runs. You know, the, 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 the president or the CEO or whoever the dude was in charge of MTV back when MTV played music videos and they weren't really playing brothers until Michael Jackson and maybe a little bit of Prince. And that's as far as it went.
1: It wasn't, it wasn't that they were even playing Michael Jackson. They, they, they relented and then went ahead and put Michael Jackson. Okay. On. So yeah.
0: there you go. But what's crazy to me, is the guy goes, the president, the CEO, whatever his position was, his excuse, and let's be honest, wink, wink, we, it, we know it's a bullshit excuse. We're not playing Rick James because Rick James doesn't qualify as rock and roll. He feels more like r b or anything other than, their, their thing was our demographic is white males who want rock and roll. And I'm going, you know how crazy that is that you're denying... First of all, his music because you've labeled it what you think it is when we invented rock and roll. So you're keeping him slash us from being on a platform that we invented? Yeah. That's insane. That's how deep this race shit gets. Niggas go through it on all levels, domestic
1: and foreign. But, you know, you said something about Sometimes when someone makes you mad, I'm not saying that, that this is how it should be done, but this is what has happened. Sometimes you take a step back, right? When someone makes you, says something that you don't agree with. And and what happened to MTV was, and I love this part about it, uh, that was their mantra. Then they started putting some uh, black artists on MTV. so Michael Jackson Prince. Yeah. And then Yo! Maybe M-
0: Lionel Richie. And then
1: Yo! MTV raps... Hits, Which is when that was MTV's version of Def Comedy Jam for music. Yeah, but it was like one hour. I think it was one hour when it first came out. And then the demographic showed. And then they played nothing but niggas. And they had to because what was their original case? Rock and roll. Because their audience was white. Demographic, yeah. So they had no choice. They painted themselves into that situation because of what they said in the first place. So sometimes whenever when, when things happen uh when justice occurs you'll see that someone put themselves in that position they had to do that because they tried not to have rap on MTV they tried their hardest and part of what broke through which is why they put rap on MTV
0: was cuz Run-DMC and Aerosmith was it Aerosmith or Aerosmith no. Aerosmith yeah
1: with Walk This Way yeah but the yo MTV raps was going to kill it and can make it happen. Uh, They consider that still a rock song. And so they, they didn't even consider that as part of uh, putting black artists on. I I don't think, even though it was, that was the, that was the big crossover. That was what was that. That's what greased the wheels. But you know, when we get into later into MTV and you find out that there's white America spending billions of dollars on rap music, that's not even being played on MTV. That's not being played on radio across the country. They had no choice. That was justice. Didn't happen like it should have, but it happened. Against their will. Against their will. And and
0: in my Malcolm X-like performance. And that's called justice. And then later on, when it came to the music, they played just us. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying, brother? This is the true genius and the uh, 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 the true realism of black power and black culture and black identity. Well, that's all right. They tried to deny us, but we found justice because eventually it was just us. Asalam alaikum That, uh,
1: that, and, and it's never, it's, it hasn't really, I mean, rock has, rock has had a slight resurgence, right? But it's still the money. It, it you know, that's the biggest mix right now, I think, because they're trying to figure out how this music works and they don't even have any idea because, um, it's not controlled by anybody, but, the people now <laughs> right can you look up real quick i know the first name is street
0: it was the album that rick james did i want to say it's street smarts but that ain't it that was the movie with uh christopher reeve and morgan freeman when morgan freeman was the pimp and christopher reeve was the reporter but it was rick james's it was the pinnacle album where he was in the zone oh that's the um it's called street something
1: yeah that's the one we played a lot when i was at the club and is that's the discography a, would it be on the discography yeah, yeah, yeah. it's there um Street Songs, that's the album. Yeah, 81. 81.
0: You know, for every artist, it feels like there's a zone. You know, they can come out with two, three albums, and really almost like in the beginning, they're not quite there yet, but they're hot. But then they hit that album, which is the album. It's their Michael Jordan 55-point game. They couldn't play no better. And it was like, you know, Michael Jackson, uh, Off the Wall was a huge hit. And and then he made some hit albums after that, but the one was Thriller. Thriller was his, he was in the zone album. That's Street Songs, where on the cover is Rick James with the guitar and the red leather thigh-high boots. Um, You either gotta be a rock and roller or a bad nigga to pull off thigh-high boots. Or a fairy godmother. A fairy godmother. But Rick didn't have no in his game. He didn't have none of that. Rick was a, was a. it seemed like the niggas that get the most pussy are either the pimps who dress like weird shit or Prince, Rick James. Something about when you, I don't know, ladies, maybe y'all can help me to the bitch badge holders. What is What is it that defines a man's sexiness so strongly that you could look past him wearing thigh high boots and spandex pants. Is it the music? Is it the swagger? Is it the lyrics? Is, is it the the, the, the the that energy that 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 rock energy? What is it that makes y'all go? This nigga got heels as nice as mine, but I will still give him to Pussy?
1: Well, now, did you see Rick James and Prince though? When you when you saw, did you see? Did you think that? Prince was biting anything off Rick James
0: I don't they're, they were both the same in terms of their confidence in terms of what they presented but Prince Prince was dirty but not Rick James dirty Right. Prince was more of a sexy, dirty, like, like, like a, you know what I mean? Like, like, you know, he'll eat your pussy while wearing a silk robe underneath his, in the bathtub, made with a waterfall coming down. Rick, eat your pussy in the gutter We're behind the Chinese restaurant with the with the garbage and the rats. Uh, and he'll eat it so good, you don't care that you're getting your pussy ate in the alley with garbage and rats.
1: Because, well, the reason I even asked this, because I didn't see it. When he said he was taken from him? No, when he when he brought, when they talked about it on the documentary, right. then I was like, you know what? You saw it? It's not that I saw it. I go, I could understand how he felt that.
0: And well, the, when, well, the point that they made was, and, and this is true in all cases, whenever you the bad motherfucker, whenever you the big bully on the block, and your predecessor... The guy underneath you, he's always younger. He's always hungrier. He was you before you got huge. Yeah. So you're threatened by him. You, you're threatened by him because he, like you, can do what you do and do it damn near as good as you. So you're worried that he'll do it better than you.
1: Oh, and, and he's going to bring a new twist to it. But when he was saying that he, the Rick James used to do the. the yeah. And then. Uh, Prince
0: did the. And he was like, hey man, you can't do that. Because if you do that, then I can't do that. And he said, the prince said, nigga, you don't own the patent on wood, <laughs> But,
1: but I, I understand where Rick was coming from as far as that, though. I do too. But I, I thought Prince was his own unique character. Even though you could put him right next to each other, I still see uh, Prince as his own unique character. And the reason prince- I think
0: Rick respected him.
1: You can't not
0: respect a bad motherfucker, but he felt threatened.
1: And Prince wore the high heel shoes because let's face facts though. So Prince was like 5'2". Right, put the shoes on and was like 5'4".
0: <laughs> um, look, it's it, it's like when... when when, And you know, it's funny because when you're not in the business, when you don't really see it how we see it, you don't understand it. You would assume that funny motherfuckers would embrace other funny motherfuckers. You would embrace the people that do what you do. But like I read in, in Eddie Murphy's book, Richard Pryor didn't like Eddie Murphy in the beginning. And you go, what? These are two icon. This is Magic and Michael. How? Threatened. Richard felt threatened by Eddie. Yeah. Because Richard was the king for all of the 70s. Yeah. And here comes Eddie, this bad motherfucker, you know, and Richard was like, you know, you know, I think part of what the threat is, it makes you, it makes you go, my time's ending.
1: Yeah. You do, I definitely think that you see your time in but I think there's also another part to it. I think when you are the trailblazer, Richard Pryor is the trail. He set the standard. He built, he he opened the trail up. Right. And so, not that Eddie Murphy was Richard Pryor, but when you're going down, when you start, if someone starts the trail, that's where you start from. Now, you go on your own path to get to where you're going to go, but you still see some of that initial early trail. When you're Richard Pryor, you still see some of yourself in Eddie Murphy because he had an effect on right all the comics that were coming up after him that way. Right. And so you see that and there's like, Oh, well you, you see yourself. There has to be a little bit like he's getting all this heat, but he's really me. I, I mean, not that you, not that I, you, I, I think that that is true. How Richard right. saw, but you have to feel that way a little bit when you're the top guy and you see someone that's coming he doesn't have to cut down those trees. His path is already there and he just flies through it. Right. You have to feel that you have to feel the insecurity. You know,
0: I wonder how often that happens in sports. Does that happen on the same level? I got to imagine it does maybe to a degree, but it also feels like it's not as much the same. Like, Michael embraced Kobe from the beginning. Always called him his little brother, was cool to him. But I think it feels like with athletes, they know the reality is in terms of your age, even though you're still young, your prime is only but so big a window. Once you reach a certain age, Yo, it's over for you. You have to accept that. Whereas with comedians, singers, you feel like, yo, you could perform forever. There's no age on picking up a guitar and playing it and singing. You you could you could perform forever, forever. But at at a certain point your star doesn't shine the way it did when you were younger. Cuz as the music evolves, the generation evolves. So yeah, you could play to your crowd, which will all be motherfuckers your age. Right. But Prince's age
1: group Prince. ain't gonna be rocking right. with Rick James. But I think when you the sport analogy isn't good because, and this is why, because Jordan embraced competition, so Kobe was the one who brought more competition to him. Okay. And and I and but when I, and when I think it is why I think it is a problem in sports when you have two quarterbacks on the same team and they're fighting for that job look well, at yeah, what's happening that's right different.
0: now they're fighting for the same job job
1: but you're fighting for the same job the 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 star of the show the star of the industry mm. and every you know what the problem with comedy and I, I shouldn't I shouldn't speak on the problem with comedy but uh, the problem with entertainment is uh, i think a lot of people feel and maybe i'm wrong on this but a lot of people feel like there's only so many uh parts positions places for people and if they don't get it then someone else will take it and then they won't have an opportunity. I think there's opportunity all the way around. You just have to find your space and your opportunity. But I, I, I see people, it's, it becomes very competitive and they think that if they're not the ones that are the star that they... Dude, I used to watch um, um, Eddie Griffin in um, at, at the Comedy Store. man, And I watched... The, he was very competitive when he was young and right. he was trying to get breakthrough. And watching him, uh, this is before I ever even thought about doing comedy. And watching the other people and the competition between the comics at that time at the store, and it was crazy. And I didn't realize it until now. I'm looking back, and now I know what was going on at the store. Right. So um, I, I think that I, I, that's why I don't think the sport. I think in sports we're you, you embrace the competition because they bring out something in you. But when it's the same team and you're the older one, they they draft a young guy. They're basically telling you you're done. And I think that's that's where it, in sports it's different, right?
0: Um, going back to uh, Rick James, and just before I do that, to, going back a little bit to my other point when I was talking about the whole MTV thing, you know, early in the documentary they said how you know certainly Rick James wasn't an overnight sensation. There were several times where he would join several bands, yep. they would fail. He would even move back to Buffalo. He thought about quitting. And I remember when they said when he dodged the draft and he went to Canada, part of how he met the first guys to his first band was somebody in Canada called him the N-word, and the guys that eventually became his band defended him, Yeah, physically defended him. And this is why, again, I'm going with the race thing. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. But- Even in Canada, which is the softest, which is like the baby brother to America, the, 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 the Canadians are the softest about sorry dude, call
1: them the N word. Niggas can't get a break. Yeah. But then a whole nother group of people defended him and, and went and oh, went down. No, well, no I Nobody's understand.
0: saying it. I, of course there's, you know,
1: but there's always going to be fucked up people always.
0: Yeah. But my point is no matter what we can't escape being fucked with, whether it's USA, Canada, no, of all places. No, no, you're right. We, we just can't it's MTV. We just can't get
1: a fucking break. It's always, there's always going to be that person. There's always going to be that person. Yeah. There's always, and, and if you eliminate all those people and it was just a whole, a whole continent of black folks, there would still be, a, you would, there would still be a way and you make a continent of white folks and continent of, of black folks. And, the black folks will still find a way to come up with some racism and the white folks will still come up with a way to find some racism.
0: If there was just a continent of black folks, i.e. Africa, we still get catch help from our own. Look at that nigga. I don't like that nigga. <laughs> Fuck that nigga. We should beat that nigga up. Why? Because he is a
1: nigga. It, the same thing is going to happen if it was all white. People find ways to be tribal. Always. always. Nigga,
0: I'm going to beat you up. Why? Don't worry about that.
1: And you have no say in the matter. Dude, but what I like about that was that was right. Minor Birds. That was the band that he was in. And uh those guys grew up to be uh, some of those guys grew up to be big stars, and one of them's Neil Young. And I love that about it because I remembered you going, yeah, I don't I don't get that music, that that, Neil that Young. poetry poetry kind right. of The and, man came down the mountain boy, and then he saw some more
0: and that's when he stepped his husband whore. Oh, what are you gonna do?
1: <laughs> that's more bumped. But that's, oh, that's Bob Dylan. Yeah, that's more Bob. Oh Dylan. shit, I'm
0: sorry. Uh, Bob Dylan is really uh, Norm McDonald. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Bob Dylan. I'm Norm McDonald. See, you know the difference.
1: <laughs> that is, I never even heard that before. <laughs> right. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> right. uh, no, but that's. I I love that. That's how. You know, in anything, in anything, when you are a person of music, when you have that in you, everything crosses genres, all cross because you are. It's it's about the music. It's there's a different thing. Comedy, comedians, actors. You know, uh, Shakespeare versus you know just doing uh, you know whatever uh, Sesame Street. I mean, it all crosses over when you when you have a passion for what you're doing. And I and I thought that was amazing that that was one of the people because I cannot see uh, uh, Mary Jane. The song "Mary Jane" having anything to do? Uh, well, I, I know he smoked weed too, Neil Young, but having any that song would cross over to a Neil Young song. So it's just it's just funny. It's funny how awesome this um, when you when you have a passion for something, it, it 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 just clips everything else, eclipses everything else, and you just become that. Speaking of
0: Andy Murphy, uh, when Rick James again at the at the epitome of his hotness. And when you're hot, everybody wants to work with you. Uh, when they showed Eddie Murphy walking to the airport in Buffalo, because uh, bu- uh, Rick James produced, and I forgot that, that Rick James produced Party All the Time. Yeah. I love Eddie, but I can't take that nigga seriously with the singing. And then when they showed a clip of him in the studio, it looked like the gayest shit. <laughs> so, look, that nigga was clapping and jamming the party all the time. I said, like, get the fuck out of here. And, and Eddie held his finger up as he hit that note, party all the time. And and, and he just looked so happy with himself. Like, I'm doing this. And I'm just like, nigga, I can't take Eddie seriously as a singer, man.
1: Dude, but I mean, he called it out in, in the very beginning of the, that, uh, you know, it's cool to be a comedian, but right. if you want to be a real star... Yeah, be a singer. A singer. Singers, because
0: singers get all the pussy. Rick James, that... James Brown, he's singing 40 years. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. It's about to do it. <laughs> said it. See you. Yeah. Every song on the record. What the fuck did I just miss? Tell See you. Michael Jackson, who can sing, but ain't the most masculine fellow in the world. And my girl says, Mike, just is so sensitive. Hear that record? She's out of my life. So I've learned that love's not possession. And I've learned that love won't wait. Wow, like. Tito, give me some tissue. Jermaine, stop, cr- stop teasing. That was one of the funniest. Remember, uh, remember Elvis Presley? He had the shitty walk on the stage. I'm <laughs> Elvis. I a life is full. I don't have a leech, and every byway of the night. What's Marlin? <laughs> Excuse me. I don't know. That was fucking excellent, man. Like to me, that was Eddie Murphy's in the zone. The red leather suit, delirious. Ah. Um who you think got more pussy?
1: Rick James or Prince? Uh I I I think probably uh Prince. You think so? Yeah. Yeah, I think. Well, I think Prince fucked all the
0: top tier yeah. female and entertainment pussy. Rick James fucked niggas' aunties and shit <laughs> that nobody knew
1: about. But I think, you know, he, it seemed like, like what they were saying is that Rick had to have that that trust because he was going to go into a dark, uh, a really dark place with people that he was fucking.
0: Well, like the lady said, you know, he wouldn't allow women to touch, he, he wouldn't allow you to fuck him. Like when a dude told a story about the girl that was fucking him and Rick took the belt and started smacking on the ass. And he said the belt slipped and hit him. And he was like, he was hitting that bitch
1: hard. Hard. (laughs) 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 Well, see, and that's the other weird thing, though. Like he was cool with coming into a room and watching someone else have sex. Right. I
0: I wish I could be that freaky man. (laughs) I'm very conservative when it comes to sex. Like I like it to death. I think pussy is the greatest thing ever. But as far as kinky shit, being in the same room with motherfuckers, I don't want nobody watching me. I don't want... You know, like my boy Ivan, who's a sex fanatic, he's always like, hey, man, let's bang two bitches at once. Nah, nigga. I don't want you seeing my dick. I don't want you seeing my balls, nigga. No, I don't want you to see how I swivel. Even if it's too... Like, he got a girl, I got a girl. Nigga, let's... Me, you in the same room with two bitches. No. No, I'm very private when it comes to fucking, nigga. Uh,
1: after I got my divorce, I think I, I gave a lot of that private part up. Right. But I, I don't want other people in the room with me. But I remember uh, this is after my divorce. And, uh, I was at a party. And, uh, and the party ended. And it was late. We went back to this dude's uh, house. And uh, he was in an apartment. It was in, like a condo building. So we went to the jacuzzi. And he had this trick that he did, which I thought was pretty cool. He showed me. He goes, "How oh, dude, it's easy. What you do is you put uh, some dish soap into the jacuzzi, right? And it's going to make a whole bunch of bubbles. And then it's easy to tell the girls just to get naked because you really can't see them. And then because now they don't want all the guys to see them. But now you can't see them because there's bubbles. And so I was like, that sounds stupid, dude. So we went out there and put the bubbles in and all the girls got naked. Really? Yeah. And then uh But then they got suds all on them and you can't now you sucking soapy titties. Wipe the t- wipe the soap off the titty, at least it's clean. Right now during COVID, that's a nah. fucking healthy non-COVID titty. I don't want to calm olive in my but mouth. what happened is that I I had met this girl and we were out there and uh we started fucking and right there, like I, I like it was that was the that was the beginning of any hedonistic kind of stuff where like uh she was she was ready to go, we were all out there. Uh, the pool. I was more worried about like scraping my knees on the on the pool decking than I was worried about the people that were there. Yeah, no, nah, dude. When it comes to sex, I'm like feet with socks.
0: <laughs> you know, you don't put your feet out and you're without socks and be in the public. You,
1: you you cover your feet. I you know you you got cover your sex. I'm Co- not saying that that's my put a room po- on. No, okay? I'm not saying that's the place that I want to be, but I wasn't going to stop. Right. Okay. Um.
0: Here's another quick question. Who do you think is, like, imagine partying with Rick James, Dennis Rodman, and Sam Kennison. Who falls out first?
1: I think Rodman falls out first. Really? Yeah. You don't think Rodman can hang? He's an athlete. No, I I think he can hang. I think Rodman, out of those three that you said, I think has more sensibility than the other two. Mm. I think he goes, you know, I, know, I would love.
0: I would love to hang out with you guys all night and smoke and drink and suck pussy. But I got a game tomorrow. Uh, we play the Houston Rockets.
1: And I need this forty-five tomorrow. minutes of sleep. And I need this forty-five <laughs> minutes of
0: sleep. 45 minutes. <laughs> I, need, I need this fifteen minutes of sleep. Uh, you can make me a coke sandwich when I wake up. Uh, but I, I gotta, I got I gotta go to practice tomorrow, and I, I, you know.
1: <laughs> I, I I don't. I think Robbin has lived hard, but I think he also knows what his. You know, I think he knows where his his line is, and, right? Uh, but Sam Kennison, you know, he did go through rehab and he got clean. But Sam was notorious. So you know that you know that that famous story that Sam got all fucked up and the uh, light behind the the comedy store, the one that when you go into the back where you see that you could take those back stairs up to the belly room, right. he shot that light out with a gun. Oh, did he? Yeah, this, he was all fucked up on coke. Right. So he would do fucking whacked out shit. Obviously, we know James did some fucked up, whacked out shit. So I, I if I, if I had to pick one of those three to go party with and feel safest, I'd, I'd go hang out with Rodman. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, my man, I think his name is Todd.
0: I just of want to say Glass, but that's a comedian. Tom Boyd, Todd Boyd, the black dude, and I. You see him a lot of times on documentaries and certain. I think he's like an entertainment historian. Yeah, yeah. But he's the nigga with the fat nigga with the glasses. The little teeny glasses. Yeah, the little tiny glasses. He talked about how much he hated the song Super Freak. Yeah. And he goes, uh, because no one white would ever take the time to learn anything else about Rick James or appreciate other aspects of songs or his body of work. But it's always the one song that resonates with white people. And I think, and I remember when they cut to that white guy in the studio, and he played that, he said, what got white people was the do-do-do-do, do-do-do, do do And then he cut to just like with do-do-do-do, do-do, whip it, whip it good, do-do-do-do. So he was like, that sound catches white ears. He said the word white, the words white, white ears. ears. And it makes me think, yeah, man, especially in colleges or or anytime I've seen white people in large groups, Hanging out, partying, drinking beers. It's the wow Uh Can't touch this. Uh, I like big butts and I cannot. Oh, is that the Sir Mix a lot? Baby Mix-a-Lot. got back. Yeah. Baby got back. Funky Comadina, Medina. Wild thing. Can't touch this. Fucking bust a move. It's always
1: the one black song that gets white people amped. Okay. That I, I'm not going to say that's not true, but what about you play that song? Rick James gets played, and then some white folks discover uh, Parliament Funkadelic, and they discover other artists, and then they they, they branch out from there, and then they but, oh, but those, they, those learn, are, his, they learn they nah, learn. But James. those are white people that are looking to branch out. They're looking to. I
0: think some white people hear a certain song and go, "I like that song," and don't care much about anything
1: else. No, because they're high, they're college guys and they're partying. But I'm saying if you if you if you have if you have a, 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 an ear for music or enjoy it, and you hear something like that, you might go, "Well, what the fuck else does this dude do?" Because I would want to know that. Mm. Ah, but you a
0: GTA Andy? <laughs> <laughs> you're <a> different, <laughs> motherfucker, man. But how, so, so, how some, some are white you? folks don't care to learn anything other than what they accidentally stumble upon or what was told to them. Yo, this song, dude. Listen to this. You know. Do, do,
1: do, 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 do. And then when they see the reaction, who doesn't want to be a part of the party? I've just been very fortunate enough to be around people that would come up, that I had enough people around me that would come up and go, dude, you got to hear this. What did I just say? Yeah, you're right, but you have to be fortunate to be in them And it, it might start with just being at that party and hearing that. And then one guy listens to a few other songs and then he comes back and you says- You might be right, but that's the minority. Yeah, but- I can't worry about anybody else. I can only worry about that I, I know that there's someone out there that heard that song and went and got more out of it than that. And without that, how do you go? How do you go further? Well, you don't. So, right. so it's necessary. I understand that it, 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 it makes an artist like Rick James, a very monotone on, this is what he does. But you know, there's, there's a, there's a, there's a band called, uh, uh, I was trying to remember the song that it is. And I don't remember what it is. It's, it's the Butthole Surfers.
0: And that's the name of the group. Yeah,
1: and it's it's a the punk. Butthole Surfers. Yep, and it's a punk band. Oh. and this this band has a song that they play on the radio, and I can't even remember the name of the song. Now they have a whole uh, they have a whole assortment of music, and none of it sounds like that. That's that's the song that sounds like that, right. and no one would know that if they don't go examine it. So this isn't just for the genre of uh, black music or, or funk. This is this is how people treat all kinds of music because people like to sit in what they're comfortable with and they don't check out other things. So in that case, yes, he's right. But in the other case, if there's someone out there who's willing to listen to it. Please, go ahead. Play that song at, at a college party so that some somebody might go. What else did that do do? Right.
0: Uh, my last note. Uh, I never and i know a lot of black people loved her because she sounded like us i never got the tina marie thing like like how you know he he made tina marie who she was and she was a white girl that sounded very black but tina 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 marie for me i never felt that with tina marie i didn't i didn't have that connection to her that most of my people did
1: all right, I'm going to say something to you that's going to probably be a little bit more controversial with this one. But you said to me because we brought up Elvis at one point and you said uh and, and I think you said the wrong guy because it wasn't his manager that said it was the the owner of the Sun Records who said, "Give me a white dude who sounds like a like a black man and mm-hmm. I can make a million dollars off of him." Barry Gordy was the black man that said, "Give me the white girl who sounds like a a black woman Mm -hmm. and I can make a million dollars off her. Everyone's always looking to expand past genres and find that, that other, that other nook. And and don't, and it's, it's not just, uh, it's, it's, it's because it's new to the category is what I'm, why I'm saying this. Uh, there are black dudes and and it's common for, I guess it's more common. Like Charlie Pride was a country singer. He blended into country. We've all, Mix genres. And when you find someone that mixes a genre out of what is considered the norm and you take that level, I I think it it does show because I don't think that you can mix those genres if you don't have a heart for some of the culture. And I don't think you can, I I don't think you can make it feel that way. Right. You could say, I mean, you can shit on Elvis all you want. Elvis stayed living where Elvis lived. But
0: I also said after seeing that two-part documentary, on Elvis, on HBO,
1: Elvis was cold, man. Yeah, he I mean, was a cold boy. He, but people went after Elvis because why? It, it, this is a whole, nother, a whole nother conversation. And I understand, and there's gonna be a lot of people who are gonna send in something about Elvis, and I'm gonna have to send them some more stuff so that they can understand. Elvis stayed in his community, Elvis was part of that culture. Elvis wasn't trying to become something. Elvis was indoctrinated into that. So, but you, I believe you have to have that. And with her, Tina Marie, I think she had to have that. I don't think that it's manufactured. You can come from somewhere and just get it. And if you do, you're seen like an outsider and doesn't feel right. Eminem, a- a- M- M- he, he came from Detroit. That was his life. That's what he lived. He didn't go to manufacture that. And when people do, there was a song in, in, uh, it was an eighty. Well, when
0: it's manufactured, you become vanilla ice.
1: Okay. Okay. one. There, 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 there. It is that, but there, right. there, that's <laughs> what it is. And, and I, and I think that that's why they liked her. There was authenticity to her. But dude, I, I didn't get that one all the way either.
0: I, I you know, to your point, and, and and that's, you know, listen, when it's real, it's good. Larry Bird, when he said in the in the in the documentary about him and Magic, the best of enemies, or. Uh, That wasn't it. That was a different one. But anyway, that one documentary. And he goes, look, man, when I would get done with school, I would go over to the certain hotels where a lot of the workers were black dudes. And they let me play basketball with them, you know, and I and and they and they kind of, you know, raised me in that basketball environment. So, you know, he's a dude from French Lick, you know, home of the KKK, the birthplace of the KKK. But he was, he, in terms of basketball, he was surrounded by us, the culture. So it was honest. What you just said about Eminem, the way he came up, it was honest. I'm assuming that was Tina Marie's background to an extent. I'm assuming it too. I, I don't have that.
1: that right. Yeah. So,
0: so, you know, almost look at it like, you know, Tarzan. When the white folks mm-hmm. is raised around, <laughs> <laughs> that's that. The animals in the forest—they they become one of us. Hi, Brett Butler. Here, Tarzan. What a jungle giant—a white man that dominated in an area complete with monkeys, apes, baboons, and uh, forest wildness. I'm getting stumped here because it's hard for me to venture that far into the culture since I'm not part of the culture. But yes, Tina Marie, Eminem, Larry Bird, they're all white Tarzans because they was raised by the who Brett Butler here, signing
1: off. (sighs) Brett Butler is going to get us in trouble one of these days. I know. Or get us rich. rich. One of the two. One of the two.
0: Um... And, you know, I I know this is probably me being petty, but I'm going to just say this. You know, when they were describing Tina Marie, I remember it was the one black lady who was part of the band who had the blue overalls. and She was drinking wine and she looked like she was in a sound studio. And I think it was a black guy. But both of them basically said the same thing because how she sang, we told her, child, you ain't white. You a black woman. Turn the fucking volume down on that. Stop it. I know the insinuation. I know what you're trying to say. But put the brakes on shit like that. Because at the end of the day, and especially back then, because the further we go back in yeah. time, the rougher shit was for niggas. As rough as it still is now. When she leaves that studio, she ain't a black woman. When she deals with the police and when she deals with society, She's a white woman. So niggas turn the volume down. Um
1: What 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 was your big takeaway from it though? Like what did From you, that? No, 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 not from her, from just the documentary. Yeah, what was the takeaway? I, I thought it was great. And
0: I knew it was going to be great because it, it's him. He's a character. I even love when they cut back to the Dave Chappelle shit. When he said when he took the word, "Forget who you thought I
1: was. I'm Rick James, bitch." And, and, and the you, crowd went crazy. Used it for himself. Yeah, but he was care. He was careful too, because you got to look when he had the Mary Jane Girls. When he had the background singer, Mary Jane Girls, right. uh, always had a white girl, always had black girl, always had. He wanted a mix. He, That's smart. Yeah, no, it's not only smart. When you take a look at his history and then like how he came up in Canada, it, it was part of who he was. I mean, this is why sometimes I think we get a little uh, ownership. Hungry where we, this is us, this is us, this is us, this is. right. And when I'm saying us, I'm, I, th- those were a lot of different groups. I just didn't put any voices to them. Uh, when Really, this is a small world, man. Take a picture of the universe. Look how small our world is. And then try to tell me that you, uh, that it, that you have singled out something that's you. We're in this together, man. I, I know that I'm always sound happy and kumbaya. But when we get it and we're together, it yeah. seems like it works.
0: Yeah, look, here's the thing. When it comes time to play the music, and when I say play the music, I mean in terms of entertainment, period. Whether it's sports, whether it's rap, whether it's acting, I'm just saying music, but music meaning everything. When it's time to have a jam session, color goes out the window if you got talent. If you got talent and you're good, especially the the the, the better you are, fuck color, nigga. I would rather have me and some black dudes and a couple of white dudes who really know what they're doing than to go, hey man, this is a black power movement. Nothing but brothers. And if those all brothers, if some of those brothers are terrible, you mean to tell me you'd rather have some terrible brothers just because they're brothers over some white boys who might be able to outdo them? If it's about, the at the end of the day, if it's about the product and the quality of the product and the potency of the product, you want the best motherfuckers.
1: Period. What? But the reason what you just said is funny because it took white people a long time to realize that they should put the best people on the team when they're getting ready to do it. But say I say that again? It took white people a long time to figure out that they should put the best people on the team instead of all white people.
0: And that's why MTV finally got justice. <laughs> just us.
1: But we can't keep going in that opposite direction. Now if we realize that, we both sides have to understand have to come together with that idea. And this is where it gets hard. This is where it gets complicated. This is where it gets difficult. Right. And I wish there were, you know, we'll we'll find out
0: how difficult it gets. Speaking of which, before we totally go, uh, and I remember you brought this up to me and I think we just both let it slip through the cracks. I was at home last week and as I was channel surfing, I saw the Dick Gregory documentary was on. I was like, oh shit, I remember Andy mentioned that. And I was, uh, that was on my to-do list of things to watch, but then I just forgot about it. Uh, so we both need to watch that yeah. and cuz that's comedy and that's Dick Gregory and that's and,
1: and, and I think and, and he has a very important place in American television and comedy.
0: And this is where I'm naive. I hear you say that, but I've never felt that. I never I
1: saw him as the cookie dude. Yeah, a lot of people did because it, 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 because what he didn't his momentum changed, but he was the first black comedian to sit on the panel. It was before Johnny Carson. whoever the said dude Jack was. Benny? No, no, it was Jack, uh, Jack Parr. It was mm. Jack Parr's show. He was the first dude to sit. He was, he, And he called up Jack Parr. He goes, I'm not going to do the show. And they go, why? So then I think some back and forth when he said, you know, because you don't ever have me sit on the couch. You know, only white people sit on the couch. And he said, I'll have you sit on the couch. And he went through whatever he had to go through, uh, Jack Parr did to get him. And right. he came over and he sat on the couch. Right. And that's a big deal because that was a big deal in... Uh, um, white American culture that was the the Jack Parr show that that's how they you know they come entertain us and then go home. No, he got to sit on the sofa and it was you know when we talked about this before and another thing when you open the window which is TV into your house that may be the first black man that was in that house like that.
0: <laughs> that's how we have to get in white folks' homes
1: through TV. And in 1950, right? Uh, I guess in, in white folks' homes it was either through the window or the TV right
0: <laughs> Brad Butler. Yeah? how ironic that the niggas would come through your back door to steal your television either way we're getting inside your house even if it's through the back door to steal what is the device that allows us through your house ah the niggas you've got to watch out for them that's why you've got to pack yourself with arms guns grenades AK-47s bazookas because they're coming whether you want them to or not and most of the time, you can't see the dockies because they come in the dark. Red Butler, yeah? Be careful, white people. Watch out. Somebody should have slapped the shit out of that one black dude who used to be in their band. And this nigga had on a hat with them same braids uh, from the time they yeah, was yeah. wearing them in the 70s. Yeah, yeah. This nigga looked like he was 62. A hat with braids under it. I was thinking that that those braids were just sewn into the hat. Dude, I swear <laughs> to God, I thought about that. Andy, if I'm lying, dying, nigga. When I saw the thing, I went, what if the braids were sewn into the hat? And it was a baseball cap. So, like, once he took the hat off, he was bald. <laughs> but the braids <laughs> were stitched into the hat. I swear to God, boy, comics, we'd be on that shit, man. Well, that hair was just too dark. It, that's what, that's why I'm saying somebody should have slapped the shit <laughs> out of that nigga. Like, what are you doing? That is a terrible
1: look. Who are you fooling? Uh, but being 56 and then watching those guys come out to perform, yeah. I realized. There's
0: something always a little sad to that about it,
1: me, man. Yeah. It, I, and that's what's nice about being a comic because an old comic on stage, unless they're doing hacky material. Right. You're still just a dude being on funny. stage doing comedy. Being funny. Yeah.
0: old yeah. old oh, 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 rockers. <laughs> look like old niggas still trying to fuck. You know what I mean? Like, your your chest muscles and your arm meat is just, you look like a wet rag, nigga. (laughs) Like, even when they, and I thought this was even a a real terrible idea. Even when they brought the band back to play, but they had the guy who was taking Rick James's place because Rick had died, and he's got the the braids with the glitter. Let, Let it go
1: there's a point
0: i know there's a point but if the main guy yeah. is not there let it go that's yeah. like the jacksons going on tour without michael no one wants to see that
1: you don't want to see tito
0: jermaine tito i forget the rest of the niggas names but come on man you J- can't be the teenage mutant ninja turtles without one of the main
1: turtles jermaine had a career before Michael blew up. And then after Michael blew up, he had like a 10 minutes more of. A, of a man, clip. man, stop. Stop. All right.
0: <laughs> All right. Coming up, do we say everything we need to say? Where are we going to be next week?
1: Oh, uh, next week we're in. In the, uh, in the No, app- no we're Oh, in, in the we're Brea. Brea. We're in Brea next week. Oh, I'm home. You yeah. get to fly five hours to my coast. Yeah, I get no. Well, you know, I'm not. What do you mean? I'm going to go see my kids for a few days. Oh, so you're going finish. to Phoenix from here? I'm mean, Well, no, I'm going to go back to New Jersey for a day, and then I'm going to go to oh. Phoenix, hang out with my boys for a couple of days, and take an hour flight to go hang out with you.
0: And then, if all goes well, unless there's a fuck-up or a glitch in the Matrix, drumroll. It's coming. This summer, in two weeks, Andy Steinberg, Aries Spears, Erica Lachey and brother Riza Islam. It's vaccinated versus unvaccinated. It's bean pies versus apple pies. <laughs> uh, we're gonna have brother Riza Islam, as as uh, talked about the beautiful queen Erica Lachey. I, I'm really looking forward to this because other than Kyla, she's the only female, black female that we will have on the podcast, who I think is just as sharp, intelligent, eloquent, sexy, uh, and can bring it. Um, And then, you know, Brother Islam. uh, And we got a Jew here, so it could get heavy. Uh, So we got that coming. Um, As always, uh, Spearsburg Pod on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, Twitter, uh, Patreon. Uh thank y'all. Keep keep listening. Thank you. Uh old supporters. New supporters start from the beginning. Going on. I'm gonna keep telling you till you get it. Uh anything you want to add before I introduce? Nah. Okay. Got it. This is from Dren K Hits, Dre and K Song. Social media's Instagram at D R E. And it's and, but not and D. That one
1: Ampersand. Oh, that's what that's called? Yep.
0: Oh. There's still some niggas going. What is that? <laughs> K-A-E underscore PDX. Uh, biggest fan, Dre and K. Uh, Dre and K song. Enjoy.
1: Oh.
0: Yo, shut out Dre and K, man. <gasps> J. Cole's reporting live from Los Shit. Angeles, California. Shit. Shit. No. ain't capering the ether. Don't bring her around, she could turn into an ether. We got a couple pounds of a California heat. I thought we got a popping everybody, wanna feel. I don't even know. No. I don't even know. No. How much for the work, nigga? I don't even know. Why you no. in the police and gonna be knocking on my door? No. Why you in the police and gonna be knocking on my door. You don't want no status, you the ether. No. Don't bring her around, she could turn into an ether. We got a couple pounds of a California no. heat. No. I thought we got a popping everybody, wanna feel. Oh. No. I don't even know. No. I don't even know. How much for the work, nigga? I don't even know. Why you in the police and gonna be knocking on my door? You in the police and gonna be knocking on my door. Killing ain't but somebody gotta do it, niggas gassing on the beat, watch yourself you lickin through it, I got murder on. Me. So you better leave me to it, Hannibal on the beat I don't even need to chew it, I go so on the beat Flow so, so unique, I get high with low eyes But ain't reach my peak, messing with me You ain't gotta be a psychic, papa's got a new two, So you know it ain't no fighting Come with the cig, I might have to smoke you Dre with the K and the bone on the posters K with the Dre and I'm gon' have to roast you. Set a nigga down on the pine like a coaster I ain't bound by my profound lines Yeah, my sound ain't got no confines At a lounge, but I don't lack mine See a crowd pack with holes and dimes Taking down picks a three or five No house nigga, we outside Out of ten nigga, we on nine Up and up and you bust the fucker busters And such and such Shut the fuck, I asked for the issue, wanna be platonic She don't know what that means, so ironic So I explain, say, slow down I did the bun and put on the chronic Then she turned all demonic So I left quicker and supersonic Herb, not mad, fucking weed I just gone for a minute, I nigga back oh, at we it We don't fuck with the mice Fucking your bitch, we don't ask for the price Telling your bitch, you won't give me a slice You a simp for your chick, I don't have to think twice Ooh, that's nice I don't have to tweet, well, got your bitchy eating weed, Ooh, yeah, Halloween, nah, ain't no trick or treat, nah. got your bitchy tasting sweet, she love me like a deadbeat, dead yeah, I am in your backseat, I word chat, you don't want fatty- no static.
1: That's how I get pussy.